Today we are here with Steven. I'm basically drinking that Chamber of Secrets polyjuice potion nonsense at this point, and I hate it. And what I hate the most about it is that I actually enjoy how it tastes, which is not good. Because I grew up eating a lot of fried chicken and fast food, and now I'm drinking a drink that I made myself that has cucumber and kale in it. And I don't know what's happened in my life to where I've got to this point, but that's where I'm at. So hello, Danny. I'm I'm thrilled to be back on. The color isn't as bad as Polyjuice Potion, at least. Yeah, it, well, it, it's it's missing that distinctive, like, kind of boogery color, thank God. <laughs> it's just green, like vegetables. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I just, uh, I've made a lot of choices in life, and this is one where I'm just... I'm really questioning things. Yeah, it's missing the gloop. It is missing the gloop. It's missing that viscous factor. It's really just kind of like this vegetable juice. Um, I'd kind of almost welcome the gloop. I like that it's like in this, like it looks like a glass you would serve bourbon in. That may or may not be (laughs) what its original intent was. So we are also here with Kayleen. Hello. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Why don't we start off easy? Why don't you introduce yourself, your house, and your Patronus? Uh, so I'm Kayleen, and my house is Gryffindor, and my Patronus, so I did the test on Pottermore, like, when it first came out, and I got the randomest one. I got a salmon, like, the fish. Um, but Ivana Lynch also got a salmon. So I felt a little bit better about that because she like complained about it on Twitter. And so since then I tried again, I got like a cat, which is definitely not me. So I don't really have a true Patronus. Well, if you, if you could pick your own Patronus then, be it not the great wild Atlantic salmon that swims up the river or a cat, what would you pick? Very resilient, the salmon. So I will give it that. It is, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I would pick like like a, a fox or wolf or something like that. Something, something along those lines. Yeah. Did I answer all the questions? I think so. That was rude of me to assume that of all of the salmon, you were a wild Atlantic salmon. You could be any type of salmon, I suppose. And I don't know any more varieties of salmon. I just know that they go good on a bagel or with some freshly squeezed lemon over them. Um, But yeah, I apologize to all of the salmon listeners who are offended that I narrowed your existence into only the species of wild Atlantic. At least it would have been delicious. It's fine. It's all good. (laughs) Very true. So why don't we start with your Harry Potter origin story, like how you got into the books or if it was movies first and kind of how you just got into the series. Um, So I, I guess I'm a late bloomer. Like I didn't hear about this series. This is going to age me, but that's okay. Until I was in college. Um, I think just, I grew up maybe a little bit sheltered. So maybe our circles didn't 
necessarily love the Harry Potter. So I wasn't introduced to it young, which is okay. Um, But in college, my roommates introduced me to it. And I think the first movie I saw in theater was, um, I think it was Chamber of Secrets. And then, and my friend in college was like obsessed with Harry Potter. So she introduced me. And then for my birthday, they bought me like the first four books. And then me and my college roommates would like read them to each other before we went to bed. And so I just like have like this really strong, beautiful memory of like reading like the Quidditch scene before bed, like with my college and my college roommates. So that's kind of how I was introduced to Harry Potter. And then after that, then I just fell in love. I like, I remember being on vacation once and, um, I think Deathly Hollows came out and I was like, we're on a road trip. I don't care. We're finding a bookstore. I'm buying this book. And for the rest of the trip, no one heard from me because I just read my book the whole time. And yeah, did everything I could to just go see all the movies. Um, even one of the movies, I was like super prego and it came out like four days before I was due. And I was like, I don't care. I'm going to the movies. And I went and saw the movie by myself because I wanted to. <laughs> Crucial, crucial follow-up. When you were reading these books aloud together with your college roommates, Mm -hmm. I once had a girlfriend who would ask me, I know I once had a girlfriend is a shocking statement in and of itself, um, but I once had a girlfriend who would ask me to read the books to her and to... um, uh, to 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 utilize the accents of the characters as I interpreted them in my head. Um, when you were reading the books, were you uh, were you also leveraging accents, or were you just reading them in your own voice? I think I was just reading them in my own voice. I wasn't quite at accent level commitment yet. Nowadays, I think I would, but back then. Not quite there yet. So I'm sad we didn't. So, yeah, I mean, you say that until you hear my god awful Scottish brogue, at which point you say, This is offensive to all Scots and people with any sort of Scottish heritage. He should stop. This is true. Yeah. Shouts to Seamus. Well, Seamus isn't Scottish. No, but Seamus is Irish. He is. Whoa, 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 whoa. If I offended the salmon before, you just offended a whole (laughs) bunch of people on the British Isles. Well, I apologize that, but I was specifically thinking of your iteration of Seamus, which is also like an iteration of Jason's Seamus. Yeah, it's an impression of an impression. Yeah. Um, But let's just be clear. If I were to have have offended the great salmon across this world, you just offended a whole lot of Irish and Scotch. That's all good. But people are more willing to forgive me. I'm not. I forgive you. Um, Kayleen, what, if you can put yourself back in the shoes of being in college and getting into the series and, and when you finally first discovered it, what was it? that that really you know hooked you and 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 you know as someone who wasn't necessarily a kid growing up with it how what made you read through them and watch them and then really stick with it I think that fandom or fandom like so I was a kid in like fourth grade watching the VHS of like Star Wars over and over and over and then I'd go back to school and be like hey guys I watch this and everyone's like 
Awesome. I was like, yeah, like Princess Leia, she's cool. And they're like, we have no idea who you're talking about. So I was like the nerdy kid from the start. I wouldn't say, well, nerd is now cool, I guess. But back then I was a nerd. And like in high school, I was a huge Lord of the Rings fan, like opening night for all the movies. Like we would, I didn't cosplay, but my friends cosplayed. And like back then people didn't cosplay like to go to the movies. So we were like very random. Um, So I think this was just kind of like the next step. And I was just so excited um, just to have another world to dive into. Like I was a kid with a very active imagination. And so as an adult, a young adult, I was just so excited to just find another world that I could just get lost in and escape in. And I think I just loved, and maybe just like college is very formative years. Like Harry, yeah, he gets really sassy and I don't, hopefully it wasn't that sassy, but just you're going through struggles and my friends were really into it and we could like talk, like they kind of built that joy and love for it with me. And I was like, I have friends who love nerdy things when in high school and college, I didn't have it or high school and grade school. I didn't have very many of those. So I was like, I think just the, the camaraderie and the community I could have with my friends who like their enthusiasm created enthusiasm for me and just, yeah, I think that's what made me fall in love with it. Um, then, yeah. Did you attend Algonquin College, La Cité Collegiale, Georgian College, Fleming College? Uh, oh, this is going to test me. Conestoga College? Oh, no, but that's really close to where I live. Um, no, I went to, I live in Ontario, but I went to college in BC, British Columbia, West Coast. Um, and I actually went to a small Bible college. I went to Columbia Bible College. Um, and they were okay with Harry Potter there, I guess. Um, they didn't ban the books. Um, maybe, but it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So then, and then I moved back to Ontario. But that's where I went to college. Shouts to those colleges that don't ban Harry Potter. Yeah. And 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 shouts to the to the Bearcats. Big yeah. Bearcat pod <laughs> over here. That's what I was stalling for. I was really hoping Jane wasn't going <laughs> to jump in with another question. I know I just threw in a different province in there. Yeah. I was furiously typing. It was misspelled horrifically, but we got there. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. Yep. The Bearcats. <laughs> and then you now you get now you have the song stuck in your head, right? And and the song for because I look, it's been a minute since I've sang the fighting bearcat anthem. What would it be? Because it's a bear cat. That's the way I like it. <laughs> okay. So I mean, I need Steven's version. So I was expecting it to be like any alma mater in the US where it's like the same kind of melody where it's like, um, um, and that's like every single u.s college you just input their mascot and like their like local heritage thing and you've got yourself a song it's like and a real song from like a real band do you know what I'm talking yeah about? it's like a very like 1950s pet yeah. bandy kind of thing that was not that that threw oh. me off sorry <laughs> no no in the best way possible that today oh that was great all right danny get us back i'm, I'm going so i'm going to make an assumption that you are a fan of many things yes. which also seems to show up in your shop so tell us a little about how your what your shop is and how you got started with it sure 
so I own and run Bits and Bobbins and I'm on Instagram and I have an Etsy shop. So I started my shop in 2011. I, so I learned to sew when I was like back in the day, I went to this thing called Kids Can Sew. I Like, you know, all the other kids are like taking piano or gymnastics or dance. And I went to sewing class um, and I learned to sew. And um, then when I had my first kid in 2011, so I have three kids, um, I was like, in Canada, you get a year off from work paid um, when you have a kid. So it's pretty sweet. So I was like, I'm, I'm, I like to be very active and doing things. And I was like, I'm bored out of my mind because my only company is a small child who doesn't talk. Um, and so then my husband brought me home my first sewing machine because I used my mom's when I was little. And it was this freebie sewing machine that he got at an auction. Uh, so then I was like, sweet, I'm going to sew again. And then I just started, um, yeah, sewing things in 2011. And I was like, well, now I have all these things. What am I going to do with them? So then I just started selling them for funsies. And then, um, so that's how my shop started. And then my shop was kind of off and on, uh, between kids and having more kids. Um, but yeah, it started then. And then now I would say I really have focused on my shop in the last like, um, three to four years, I would say I've been focusing on it more and, um, definitely over the last three years, I'm like, okay, I want to not just create pretty things. I want to create things that reflect like me and my fandom. Um, so at first it was like, not necessarily what I thought the people wanted. It's like, this is what I want. I want these cool fabrics. And I, um, like to make things that I enjoy. So then I started incorporating, more fandom fabrics, um, like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and Star Wars. And um, now I would say those are probably my best sellers, uh, even though I do sell a lot of solids and florals, which the people love, which is good. Um, and right now I'm mostly actually doing hair accessories because I just found that that's what people were drawn to and um, going for. So yeah, that's a little bit about how it started. So when you source your fabrics, do you have like certain places you go? Do you have like design input or are you using mostly ones that are already created? Because I know a lot of your fabrics are not ones that are in your generic fabric store. Yeah. So I would say in some regards, COVID really helped with this. So when COVID got locked down, I feel like everyone had their like their vice, there's thing that they bought or they clung to. I bought a crap ton of fabric. And so it was actually very good because I got to source a ton of fabric. So most of my specialty fabric is custom fabric that I haven't designed, but is designed by small shops who um, they create and design their own fabrics and then they put up pre-orders. So then you're like, have to decide if you want or not. And you... Um, yeah, you pre-order it, so you buy it, and that's where I get it. So then a lot of them focus on, like, fandoms and specialties that you can't get at what's Hobby Lobby, Joann's, I don't know, whatever's in the States. Correct. So, yeah. Correct, um, unfortunately, because uh, yeah. they don't have good options. No. And I do, and there's some great Canadian shops that I get stuff from, and I'm just starting to look, and there's a couple of designs that 
I would like. So I'm like, oh, I'm, so I'm looking into maybe designing my own, but that would be like the next step. But yeah, I definitely love supporting other small businesses in my small business. Um, so that's what I try to do too. So with that, do you find yourself, because you have to pre-order a lot of that, do you find yourself gravitating towards what you really like or maybe with the mindset of what will people buy? I would say most of the time it's what I like because I'm like that way if it doesn't sell, at least I'm happy and I have fabric and I can make I don't know, a skirt for my child or something with it. But the only problem is sometimes um houses like when you buy house fabric it's really hard because you're like do I buy more Gryffindor do I buy more Ravenclaw um so sometimes you're like I'll just buy them all the same and then you're like oh now I'm stuck with Slytherin I won't offend the Hufflepuffs in the room so (laughs) just kidding yeah look we are look all I'm saying not for nothing when in the pin world, at least, I can't speak for the other ones that much. But in the pin world, Hufflepuff stuff sells out like hotcakes. Sells out. Let's use an apt metaphor here to slightly insult, but really just try to use some cultural appropriation here. They sell out like a bear claw at Tim Hortons. And <laughs> so none of this Hufflepuff shaming here. But please continue. I, I interrupted. I do sell lots of uh, Hufflepuff things too. But yes, I mostly buy things. That, that I like that I think other people will like too. But then that way I'm not like, oh, I'm stuck with four yards of this fabric that no one is going to buy. Yeah. How would you say, if at all, your perspective on being a, a small business owner in this fandom community has evolved over the course of, I guess, basically a decade now? You said 2011. So yeah, yeah a decade. How, how do you think your perspective on on you know, running a shop has evolved over time. Um, so definitely before the shop was just like my lifeline to like something that was my own. Like I was a mother, I had a job, I was a wife, but then the shop was my own. That was like my own, my own thing. Um, so I, um, that was really important to me. And so, but has it involved as I feel like I made notes cause I was like, when did this all happen in my life? Um, like, I feel like maybe like three years ago, I was like, hey, I can like be a shop owner and have a platform that I can like express my nerdiness with. Like all those like people in high school who are like, you're a nerd for liking Star Wars. You're like, there's people out there who would actually appreciate me sharing about things I like, even though I'm a grown adult woman this is amazing. So that really like opened up doors for me. In 2018, I went to Universal with uh, my friend from college who introduced me to Harry Potter. And I think that opened up the door actually, where I was like, there's this whole world. And like, I was just blown. Like people are wearing like Harry Potter shirts in public. Like this is amazing. So I think that really like, and I was like, I could incorporate this in my shop and my love. So I definitely feel like the Harry Potter community or the fandom community has embraced me. I feel like because I'm still like a shop, I feel like I'm like kind of like a cousin to the fandom because I don't have a pure like Harry Potter 
or fandom like Instagram or anything like that. And that's okay because I still need to cater to those customers who are going to buy the floral headbands. Um, But um, I definitely feel like they've been very kind and loving to me. And so I definitely feel like I am part of the community. And I, I just, I feel like I have a safe space to express like things that I love without people making fun of me. Danny's got something to say. I'll shut okay. up. I already see it on her face. <laughs> no, I just like, because I was also part of the generation where like being a nerd was not cool. Mm-hmm. Like if anything, you hit your, for the record it wasn't it wasn't cool in my generation either you well the way you said that clearly put me in another generation so i just want to state for the record (laughs) that it wasn't cool being a nerd in my generation either see i don't see you as a nerd you were like a soccer player like i know you're a nerd but you also like did sports stuff Uh, that's that's a good point (laughs) so like i don't see you as like the traditional nerd that i would classify myself as well it's all perspective because all of my friends i grew up with think of me as the biggest nerd they know not in terms of brains because they're all a lot smarter than i am but in terms of like you know fandom stuff Uh, so it's all perspective um anywho i've interrupted kayleen once danny at least (laughs) once but that's par for the course so i'll go back on mute danny please continue your very thoughtful uh musing But no, I just like enjoy that like so many people are just embracing it now because I remember having conversations with people and I would just like blatantly be like, oh yeah, I'm a nerd. And they would take it as I was like putting myself down. And it was like just a weird thing to experience because you're like, there's nothing wrong with being a fan of things you like. That the next thing that Steven and I both have been hearing a lot about, which is not Harry Potter, but um, the... Court of Throne and Roses is that you have a headband. Yes. And we both purchased that book, not planned, this weekend. Wait, you also bought it this weekend? Before you messaged me that you were going to the bookstore, I had messaged our good friend Rachel at Rachel Reads. No, it's not at Rachel Reads. I was waiting for you to screw that up. It's at Ravenclaw Reads. Ravenclaw Reads. So funny story. So Rachel is actually my book my my Instagram book friend. So I actually, I know we we take like humble credit. She's like, I feel like we introduced the whole Harry Potter community to A Court of Thorn and Roses because I started reading that book and I was like, Rachel, you need to read this book. And then she started reading it. And now after that, I felt like it blew up and she's like, oh my gosh, look what we did. And everyone should read it for sure. And I have read the whole Glass Throne series as well. So when you get there, come talk to me. Yes. I started it this weekend because I had messaged her early on Friday going, I'm going to get the book this weekend because I shared her the Hulu news that they are going to be creating a television series. And I was a little proud that I am the one that shared that news with her and she didn't have that before. Good. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, because she's on the book. She's on it. So we often swap books and we sometimes read books at the same time or be like she's my book vent you know when you read a book and you're like you just want someone to talk with people are annoying me so then yeah oh and this is just a great moment to mention that if you're listening to this bit of dialogue around a court of thorns and roses and you have no idea what the hell we're talking about this is a great time to pause the podcast do not leave the podcast just pause it 
subscribe to Creating Magic Podcast, wherever you're enjoying podcasts. And once this episode is over, go back and listen to our amazing episode with Rachel, a.k.a. Ravenclaw Reads, as well as our entire catalog of wonderful episodes. Good plug. You were made for ads. I was made for something, and I don't know that it's what (laughs) I get paid for on a daily basis. Um, But once I figure it out, I think I'm really really going to surprise some people. Remember that whole run of the podcast where I was doing ads for Dr. Pepper, even though they never paid us nor asked us to? (laughs) That was the thing. That was wild. Now I'm drinking green juice. (laughs) Such a transition. Definitely a a good read. Yes. Yeah. I, so I'm excited to read it. Um, I believe, so as the listeners will know, I tend to black out when we record episodes. So Whatever is said during the episode is just completely foreign to me the second we're done recording. Um, is Danny, is this the series that Rachel said was like a different version of Harry Potter? There was some series. Okay, that okay, then that makes a lot of sense. Because there was some series she mentioned that she recommended we read that she said was like, I forget her exact wording, so I'm going to butcher it. But it was like, if you know, like a not Harry Potter in terms of like this is actual wizard stuff, but like it, it reads like Harry Potter or something like that. I don't remember. Maybe I should go back and listen to our full catalog of episodes. Regardless, I had that in my mind when I was at the bookstore and the inside cover of A Court of Thorns and Roses, something about like sexy this, or I'm like, this is Harry, what? <laughs> so I was very confused. So that's really good clarification. Rated R Harry Potter. I don't know. I'm here for that if it is. I just was really thrown off when I was when I was reading through the inside cover. And it wasn't about eleven and twelve year olds. Well, I again, I didn't. Again, whatever Rachel's exact phrasing was, I don't recall sitting here and now. But in my mind, she said something like, "It has like the readability in terms of getting hooked on it." I think it is because. Well, she had a list that was specifically that she recommends to every Harry Potter fan because of the genre and style of it. I'm not necessarily short to this series. She gave us probably like 15 to 20 recommendations. And I looked for a lot of them at the various used bookstores I was at. Only found A Court of Thorns and Roses, mainly because the bookstores had very poor signage. Really cool collection of books, but very poor signage, and I was getting very frustrated. Anywho, we are so far afield. (laughs) That is all to say that what a small world that you are friends with Rachel. And in fact, no shots at Rachel. You are the OG recommender of A Court of Thorns and Roses. Sorry, I'll I'll take a tiny, tiny bit of credit. We'll give you the credit because I will tell you now with the Hulu announcement you're going to start seeing it even more. So I follow bookstagram, so I've been seeing it a lot, but I think it's going to dive into the Harry Potter community a lot and be crossover-ish. And really like a lot of us now we're adults. So then it's more adults. So yeah, we want to read about people closer to our age range. Where would you like to see your shop go? Like, is there anything you want to expand on or add in? I know you've already mentioned that the possibility of designing your own fabric. Um, yeah, I'd love to design some of my own fabric. And then I, I need I need a new, not a new platform. Etsy has its pros and cons. Every small shop owner knows that. So I would like to also start my own website. Um, 
And then um, most of the expansion I'd like to do is actually kind of more locally. Um, just to, I'm, I, I sell my stuff in a couple of shops locally. So I'd like to do a couple more shops um, uh, across Canada or in the U.S. I'd be open to that too. Um, so that's kind of where I'd like to be. I used to offer like a wider range of things. And sometimes it's as a small shop owner, you're like, yeah, I, I want to do hats. So I introduced some hats and then they didn't sell as much and everyone's just buying headbands. So sometimes you're like, well, do I just give the people what they want? Uh, and that's it's okay. hard to find a good headband. Oh, well, there you go. I know you so too, though. Don't you, Danny? You make. I do. Yes. <laughs> I do. I do. So I have a closet. You were mentioning your stash of fabric and I was like, where are there? Yeah, you can see some of mine here. It's kind of a mess, but yeah. I also order it offline and try don't well because I've done a lot of, like this is one of mine. I do a lot of like knit apparel. Yes. Nice. That's awesome. But we should talk about sewing sometimes. We should be friends. We should be friends. <laughs> um, have you ever done like conventions? Like I don't know if Canada has like Harry Potter specific conventions or like the convention scene. So it's it's weak. We'll say that. Um, in Ontario, I think I'm slightly more blessed than some other places. Um, I've never actually don't. I'm learning. We're getting there. I have never been to a con. I was actually planning on going to my first con, which is a small con in Niagara Falls um, last spring, but it got canceled. So that was going to be my first con. And for Harry Potter events, there used to be a company that started up really close to me and a friend of mine worked for them. Um, and they were doing like an outdoor Harry Potter event once a year and it was awesome. And they were going to explain, expand to, um, like different fandoms and stuff. And then they went out of business. So you're like, awesome. Um, so we get, we have like the small, like sometimes libraries will do Harry Potter themes or whatever. Like it's, it's becoming more popular, but now because of COVID, everything's kind of stopped, which is Yes, but there is a bigger con fandom something in Toronto. I'm butchering it. All these you guys have fan expos also in your area because we have a few in the U.S. and I know they have a Toronto one at least. And so um, I feel like the Canadian. Oh, I'm sorry, Stephen. No, no, no. You go ahead. I was about to shamelessly self promote. You go ahead. Okay, sorry. So I think like a lot of the Canadian. Um, an Ontario uh, Harry Potter community Instagram people I think they all go to fandom um, expo or whatever and so that will definitely be on my list once we can go again but yes no I've never been <sighs> but yes they're a company that runs a good con so oh, I have been to their I used to live in Oklahoma and they did a Dallas con. It was three hours away. And so I would just go to that by myself. So I did that for a few years, but out of the convention scenes, they know what they're doing. Okay. So it's worth it to go. Yeah. Theirs is worth it. Nice. Steven, are you going to plug your ad? Oh, I am. I was looking through the guest list right now. Um, Niagara Falls comic-con June 4th through the 6th, 2021 Uh, current celebrity guests slated to attend among many others. Corey Feldman from the Goonies, of course. Um, the McClunky alien, Paul Blake. McClunky, like, here for that. Uh, I believe I saw Matthew Lewis as a pending guest on there. Uh, Daniel Logan, who played child Boba, I believe, 
Um, among many others, George Takei, um, that's pretty cool. Tom Wilson, Biff, uh, Leslie Baker from The Office, did I stutter, right? Really great, really great attendee list. I have no idea if Americans are allowed over the border June 4th through the 6th of 2021, but Niagara Falls Comic Con, if and when we're allowed, your boy would always love press pass. <laughs> I have a question, Stephen. Yes. Have you ever seen the Goonies? No. <gasps> I had a feeling look, that was the case. All right. Look, I'm just the way say, you said it. I'm like, he hasn't seen it. No, not a clue. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna say I have missed out. I don't know if the Goonies is on AFI's like top 100, but it's a movie that I know is talked about a ton. So let me just say that movies that are talked about a ton and/or are on the AFI top 100 of all time, I've just not seen. Just straight up. I was going to make a reference, and then I realized you hadn't seen Lord of the Rings either. So I, I started that last night. What? Um, Amy, Amy, our, our girl, big fat lanyards, wither wings, wears the nerd fashionista, the squid to my castle, um, and I are both watching Lord of the Rings for the first time this week. So I watched The Fellowship of the Ring last night, and I thought it was going to be a normal sized movie. So Did you I watch started the extended it- version. Well, I watched whatever is on HBO Max. I started with the intention of finishing it in one night. I made it an hour and 33 minutes in. It's not like an hour and a half to go. So I was like, fuck this. I'll just watch it another night. And then I forgot we were recording this tonight. So I couldn't watch the rest of it tonight. So at this point, who the hell knows? It's all in flux. It's a I'm mess. so proud. I'm also very disappointed you didn't alert me that you were watching this. Well, I was going to tell you afterwards, but here's kind of the spoiler alert. I don't really like it so far at all yeah see this is why i didn't tell you especially okay. on mic but i don't really <laughs> love it like it, right, we'll loop back once you finish the series the majority of the plot so far doesn't really seem well explained i don't understand characters motivations for doing what they're doing i understand it's old so i'm not gonna like knock it on like production value because like i don't you know what well, i i I will grade it on the same scale I grade like Sorcerer Stone because I know they're released around the same time. And so it's kind of even on that standpoint. But like, there's just a lot of stuff going on. Count Dooku is there, which like, <laughs> okay. um, there's a really young uh, Captain Will Turner who still manages to look cute. Um, the Daniel Radcliffe lookalike. Um, uh, You've read Lord of the Rings though, right? No. So look, here's the, here's the, it's not really a secret at this point, because we're like 59 episodes in at this point. I am 26 going on 27. Harry Potter was like my only fandom growing up. I read Hunger Games as well later on. Um, but, and I also loved Ender's Game, although it kind of tails off after Speaker for the Dead. And then of course, Orson Scott Card is just a raging homophobe. So like, there's a lot of issues there. Um, but I didn't really do a lot of fandom. Um, so Lord of the Rings never happened. Star Wars, Star Trek never happened. Star Wars has been rectified. That's been rectified within the past year. But yeah, I don't really, this is not like a world that I traffic in too heavily. Can you tell more coffees today? Totally fair. I feel like the Lord of the Rings movies were made for people who read the books and loved the books. That's what See, I kind of feel like. I So I actually had this whole debate with Amy, who I don't believe has read them either. And I said, I'm usually a book purist. I really need to read before I watch. That's what I did with Thrones. I did sequentially in order as the Potter books that movies came out, blah, blah, blah. But her point, which was, A, I want you to watch them this week. So like you can't read the whole series of books in a week, fair enough. Um, but also... 
if you watch the movies, then read the books, you can get a lot more context on the book read that will only enhance what you just saw in the movie. See, I disagree with that, like from like a principle standpoint, Mm -hmm. but for the sake of watching it this week, I kind of conned myself into believing it. Um, So that's where we're at. That's respectable. Yeah, I feel like Danny's not going to enjoy that I told her I don't like her like favorite movie slash series of all time. But I also, I also, I also, I didn't think Bilbo Baggins was from Lord of the Rings. I've heard the like the word the name Bilbo Baggins before, and I always thought it was from like some old like like the the what was the short story or the poem uh, rhyme with the ancient mariner. Like I always thought it was like some old British like you know. Yates or Keats or something like that, right? Um, I didn't realize Bilbo Baggins was from Lord of the Rings. And then, of course, Bilbo Baggins is there in like scene one. I was like, oh, okay. Um, also, having just watched Justice League for like, again, it's basically the same plot as Justice League where it's like there's this thing that this otherworldly evil really wants to destroy humanity and all of humanity teams up to stop them. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I've seen this replayed over and over and over over the past 20 years. Um, so I have a lot of thoughts, Danny, clearly. Um, yeah, we're going to end up having a pod. And No, I no, because that means <laughs> I have to really watch. And I was kind of like just laying on my couch, like getting less and less engaged as it went on because I wasn't loving it. Oh, we'll bring Amy in. There'll be drinks. We'll be fine. No, great. Nothing better than me giving off the cuff takes drunk. <laughs> what can go wrong there? So let's steer this conversation back to the person that is on. I'm like, because this is my argument, is that Lord of the Rings was written in 1948. So it was the original. So all these Justice League and Marvel stole from... And I assumed and, as such. And I assumed as such. I I wasn't under the impression well, that they I, weren't. Yeah, yeah. But having just watched the Snyder Cut like a week ago, mm-hmm. and then sitting and watch this, I was like, wow, this is like like beat for beat, very similar. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier also had a really good uh, Hobbit reference in this past week's episode. Yeah, that's good. Sorry, wizard. Yeah. Yeah, really excited. Hey, sorry, I know. I love Lord of the Rings. I'm like, this is fine. Our nerd side seemed to intersect a lot. Steven, we're working on him. Slowly. I choose a fandom a year that I slowly like try to reference. Well, uh, we have very different tastes in literature writ large. We do, but I try to find ones that I think you would enjoy and that do run alongside the fandoms that you like. Usually political undertones is one of the key factors. Well, less political than more just like a larger commentary on a socioeconomic system. I also like... I don't like hard sci-fi, hard fantasy. I like soft. Yeah, I think I, I still am in the ballpark that I think you would enjoy Divergent based on how much you love Hunger Games. That book continues to sit on my bedside table. I know it does. It's me and I still have not read it. It's literally, there are about three different Dunkin' iced coffee cups. Empty, not like giving it like a stain or anything. I have no need to force you, but eventually someday you'll be like, oh, Maybe I'll read a chapter. I mean, like, maybe I will, but that also is under the supposition that I find time to, like, just generally have free time outside of work and this whole podcasting thing that we do. And that's just not, you know, that's, I'm lucky if I bathe once a day at this point. Glad you avoid people right now. 
Yeah, well, you know, because of the pandemic, who needs to take care of themselves, really? Just, yeah, yeah, you know, kind of be like Hagrid, live in my own filth. Or Harry, for that matter. Harry straight up just doesn't clean himself at any point in the entire series. The only times that we know Harry has bathed himself are at multiple points where he goes into either the Black Lake or the lake with the dragon when they escape from Gringotts. Other than that, we do not know at any point that Harry directly interacts with water in terms of like a full body kind of like cleansing situation. So noodle on that one. With that, why don't we head into some Harry Potter questions? Harry Potter question number one. Do you think Harry smells like ass? No, because, well, probably because he's a teenage child. So yes, he does. That's all I got. So yes. With a mix of Axe body spray. Oh my gosh. Just wizard version. So it'd be probably even worse. Probably. So let's see. Favorite book, least favorite book, same for movies. So my favorite book and probably favorite movie is Philosopher's Stone. And I, I, I thought about this and I think it's because it's just, that's, it's the beginning. It's the start of the magic. It's the start of the world. And I think as I, I think as I get older and I think just with the universal, I think I just love the world so much. And I just love the start of it. Like I love Diagon Alley, like when she talks about it and like seeing Hogwarts, like I almost tear up every time I watch like the boats and then they see Hogwarts. So I would say Philosopher's Stone is like very true and dear to my heart. And my kids are like still kind of young. So I've only let them watch like movie one and two because my my one daughter's read the whole, all the books, but my other kids are still kind of young. So then we watch that one often. So yeah, that one's probably my favorite. Least favorite book, I would say is, and I just reread it, is A Half-Blood Prince. <gasps> Sorry. And I think it's because I feel like for most of the book, not much is going on. Like, I feel like it's like Harry's kind of like hurry up and wait. I know they're waiting to get the information from Slughorn, but I just, I feel like, right. And then his friends don't believe him. He's like, something's up with Draco, something's up with Draco. And they're like, you're crazy. Right. And so I just, I don't like that. They don't got his back. So I just, it bothers me. And also I have a question about this book. Um, it's like, so if we think about Horcruxes, it was so hard to get the Horcrux that it didn't end up being a Horcrux, right? The locket. But every other Horcrux, why didn't they have like 10 different spells to get to them? Like I was like, this one was so hard. And the other ones just seemed like it was like one line of defense. Like it was lost in a room or it was in the bank sorry I'm, I'm open to commentary on this because this is really bothering me i was like why well that is an outstanding question i think it's kind of sort of gamed out in the text where they talk about things like it's less about the magical protection and more about what the location represents right so 
the cave represented this level of magic that as a kid only Tom Riddle was able to access and therefore that's why that was like special to him right the room of requirement was according to Tom Riddle which as Binge Boat rightfully points out he puts it in a room filled with other people's hidden shit so clearly he wasn't the only one who knew about the room of requirement but he thinks he is right so that's like I am the most superior wizard ever attend the school because no one else knows about this place um um, Gringotts, right? Having a vault, so and it's not his; it's Little Strange's. So, like, you know, that's kind of a cop out. But for him, it's like you know, only the most powerful, richest, and austere of wizards has a vault at the bottom of this bank. Yeah, it's it's a good point, though. It's a it very is, good. It's like point. the ring was also cursed, but none one of the- ring to rule them all. <laughs> yeah, I've watched half of that movie. <laughs> Right. So I just, I, right. Like I just, I was like, maybe this was like his last stand of defense. Like maybe he thought this would be the last one that would be found, but I don't know. Anyways. Fine. Oh, sorry. And least favorite movie. Goblet, Goblet of Fire, maybe. Because I feel like the maze scene really disappointed me. And I just, I really liked the Yule Ball, but I, yeah, Goblet of Fire. I feel like it was missing lots that could have been there. I had an entire conversation the other day. I think I've mentioned this a couple of times on the podcast. Uh, a couple of my good friends from, from here where I live um, have seen intermittently slash have never seen the Potter movies and haven't really read the books. So we're doing a rewatch or in their case, a watch. And I spent a solid half hour explaining all of the things that were left out of the Yule Ball scene specifically Roger Davies and Floor straight up having sex in the bushes, which is less kind of hinted at and more just straight up text in the books um, and how that is just one of many missing components of Goblet of Fire that is emblematic of why it's such a terrible movie. Um, So good answer. Good answer. Oh, okay. And I, I do, I guess my second favorite like book and movie would be Prisoner of Azkaban, I think, but If you could start any class you wanted at Hogwarts, what class would it be? Or club? Well, I think I would start. So I didn't actually tell you when I went to Columbia Bible College and was a Bearcats. <laughs> I um I took outdoor leadership. So I was actually trained to be a guide. So I would do like backpacking and sea kayaking and all kinds of crazy adventurous stuff. So I think um I would start like an outdoor ed class or club. Cause like they do get some, like they learn about the plants and they do learn about like creatures and stuff, but like how do you survive in the forbidden forests? Or, you know, if you are going to go trolloping with trolls how would you go about that you know like so I think some kind of outdoor ed real world or field trips like why don't they go on a field trip and like go into like this is how you interact with muggles or go to a library or like I don't know things like that I feel like that would enhance the education at Hogwarts. Hogwarts students are very ill-prepared for real life. Yeah so teach them some stuff about the real world 
A Goblet of Fire themed question and 100% of the credit slash inspiration for this question goes to Sarah Jones Dittmeyer, host of First Year's Pod, good friend of this pod. Hermione says in Goblet of Fire that the location of the other wizarding schools across the globe is a huge secret. It's like something that you only can kind of piece together based on like their clothing and their accents and all that type of stuff. Yet, Durmstrang boats their way into the Black Lake and Bobaton flies their big carriage into Hogwarts. In your mind, how do they know where to go? How do they know where they go? Well, probably like, would the teachers know where each other's schools are? I don't know, would they? Or like Dumbledore would be like, you know, like how you like pin drop your friend on Google Maps, <laughs> like magically pin drop, like, hey, operate here, send your boat here. Are wizards like the first creators of like the self-driving vehicle? Oh yeah, maybe, right? Just boop, boop, Speaking boop. of pin dropping, can you imagine Madame Maxime trying to type on an iPhone? <laughs> Because her hands are so big. Because her hands are fucking massive. Can you imagine? Oh, She'd use the iPad. She would have like yeah. the full it's iPad. such a struggle. Oh, like it, it, I could see her being, hi, Queens, help me. And he's like, I can't help you type. I can barely smell. And, you know, like it would it would be it would be rough. I would uh, assume Dumbledore was like, hey, this is how you get here. Yeah. It, they sent the link, the link for the pen. Just like, <laughs> yeah. So, the Marvel Universe is expanding rapidly. The Star Wars Universe is expanding rapidly. If slash when the Harry Potter Universe or Wizarding World in general expands, what content would you like to see? I like history. And I so I think I would want something... Like I'd want like the, the story of either the Marauders or maybe the founders, like how, like, cause that was a lot of strong personalities, right? Like, you know, when you go on Forbidden Forest, they're fighting the ride or Forbidden Journey at Universal. They're fighting about Quidditch. Like how did these people build a school together? Like, man, I think that would be very interesting. I think, yeah, I think I would enjoy that. Stephen, do you have any other questions? No. So why don't we head into creator shoutouts? Sounds great, Danny. Let's head into creator shoutouts. Kayleen, one of the things we do here on Creating Magic Podcast is we end every episode by shouting out someone out there on the interwebs who is doing something we appreciate. Could be maybe someone who bought something from you recently or another shop that you appreciate or just someone who's making cool content with that in mind is there anyone out there that you would like to provide a shout out to this week um yeah so i would like to shout out i don't know if you guys have heard of them um my friend kat she lives in edinburgh and she has a shop called cookie and rookie and it's cookie with a k i don't know if you've seen them but they she makes really awesome and very affordable um, Weasley sweater. So you can get a customized Weasley sweater from her shop. 
uh, and I have a few actually. And so I definitely want to shout out her and her shop. Um, and so actually Kat and I have, we both have like a, a separate company together. So we actually created or, um, run forbidden forest designs. Um, and so we're also on Instagram. And so then we, um, it's wizarding apparel, like design. And so we both, um, design things for that. And it's, it's more like a friendship hobby, <laughs> um business so we we actually started during COVID just for some way to just connect a little differently and so it's been really fun and um been going really well and well we already shouted out my girl Rachel and um I know she's been on here before but everyone knows Paula like who doesn't love Paula um from Unpensievable and Little London Boutique she has amazing masks I actually have some of her toques um, and they're double layered. And since I live in Canada and it's really cold here, they are amazing and warm. So I definitely recommend them. And um, yeah, that's, that's who I'll shout out today. Danny, what about you? Today I am shouting out Steph from Spellbound Steph. Fellow Canadian. Oh, I don't ever pay attention to where people are from. Yeah, she lives in BC. Yep. So she has been having some fun content lately. She lately she has a little dark, but um, there's fire and skeletons in her latest post with the Inferi. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Stephen would have correct me if I said it wrong, so I think I'm good. So she is my shout out for the day. And Stephen, who is your shout out? All right, I've got a lot, um, and. They both have tie-ins, actually. So on a recent episode of Creating Magic Podcast, we spoke with Bess, the host witch from WZRD Radio. And on that podcast, she mentioned a book called Harry Potter Therapy, an unauthorized self-help book from the restricted section, written by one Dr. Janina Scarlett. I purchased that book off of bookshop.org, maybe.com. I'm thinking .org, though. I don't remember off the top of my head. Regardless, uh, it's a website that uh, sources all of its books from independent bookshops. Um, so I have that. And when I bought this book, I was like, huh, it looks very familiar to another book. I know I have somewhere on my shelves. Let me go find it. And in fact, I do. So then I found two other books I have kind of in my in my collection that are of a similar kind of oeuvre. Um, boy, I butchered the French pronunciation of that with a Canadian on. So that's always that's always what we hope for. Um, the Psychology of Harry Potter, an unauthorized examination of the boy who lived, edited by Dr. Neil Mulholland, which is a bunch of short essays all about various topics. I bought this way back in like high school. Uh, I haven't read it in a hot minute, but I'll just read you a sampling of some of the, the essay titles here. Um, Intergroup Conflict in the World of Harry Potter. Harry Potter and the Resilience to Adversity. The Social Dynamics of Power and Cooperation in the Wizarding World. Evolution, Development, and the Magic of Harry Potter. So I, again, have not read this in probably a decade at this point, but um, I really enjoyed it when I originally read it. These actually seem like really cool topics that I plan on going back and digging into again when I'll have free time. I don't know. 
the third book I want to shout out is Mapping the World of the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Apprentice. An unauthorized exploration of the Harry Potter series, complete through book six, edited by Mercedes Lackey. Again, it's a book of short essays. Um, and I will just read a couple of these titles again to see if they wet your proverbial whistle. Neville Longbottom, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. We just shouted out Paula. Here's an essay on Neville Longbottom. I don't think it's the erotic fanfic that you hope it is, but there you go. Um, the Dursleys as social commentary. And then I think my personal favorite, um, well, two of my personal favorites, actually, uh, from Azkaban to Abu Ghraib, and then Eith, B9, Hufflepuff. Um, so some interesting kind of chapters there or short essays there. And then my other shout out, completely unrelated to kind of these books examining the side of social psychology, Harry Potter, but directly relevant to Star Wars is on the day of recording, we just got a trailer dropped for Star Wars The Bad Batch, which is a series derived from a couple, uh, from a story arc within Clone Wars. So my shout out goes to Dave Filoni. I know you listen to the podcast. Shouts to you for creating this new Bad Batch, uh, written by Jennifer Corbett, directed by Brad Rao. And then, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, D. Bradley Baker, who voices all of the clones. Um, yeah, those are my shout outs. Bad Batch looks to be absolute fire. I'm so excited for that series to come May the 4th. I'm very excited for that. I also enjoy that they're releasing it on May the 4th. That's perfect. I'm also like nerding out right now because a year ago he would have not cared or known about these Star Wars things. Mm. At what point does Gandalf yell, you shall not pass? Do I have to wait like another like four movies for that to happen? Well, I thought it was going to happen movies. when he was fighting with Christopher Lee doing the whole, uh, that's Dooku's name, right? Christopher Lee. Am I making that up? What's Dooku's name? That sounds right, but I can't. Yeah. I thought when they were doing that whole fight with sticks in the, 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 the circle room, I thought it was going to be like, yeah, yeah, and, but it didn't happen. No, it'll happen in this movie though. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So I got like another like, four hours, but I'll get there. Yeah, you'll get there. Cool. Where did you leave off? Um, the round table just happened where Mr. Anderson from uh, The Matrix um, led the whole conversation. And then the four or five hobbits, the, the chubby one, the other one, the, the you know, all the, 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 little, the little hobbit things were like, we're going to go take care of it. And that, that's where I left off. Okay. This was a fun conversation. Thank you for joining us, Kayleen. Um, Thank you so much for having me. Kayleen, before we let you go, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you to remind our listeners where they can keep up with you on social media. Oh, um, so on Instagram, I am Bits and Bobbins Shop. And on Etsy, so my shop is Bits and Bobbins One. So someone went in there and got bits and bobbins. I couldn't think of anything better 10 years ago. Um, so, um, and then I, yeah, I'm also on Facebook, just bits and bobbins would find me on Facebook too. Perfect. So listeners go check out her shop. Cause she has a lot of fun things. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Thank you so much again. 
spelled.